Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call, uh, conference call. We do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central. And on this particular call, we talk about books, man. We talk about a particular book. We call it the book of the moment, not book of the month. But, you know, lately, we've been doing the book of the month thing. Matter of fact, the new book that we're about to read next week um, we're going to go 30 days like we did on this one because this is the last book club call for this book, um, which is The Greatest Miracle in the World by Og Mandino. And then we're going to start next Saturday with The Greatest Mystery in the World by Og Mandino. And we're going to go 30 days on that book. We're going to keep rocking and rolling with the with the OG Mandino books, um, somebody called him that, <laughs> OG Mandino, but it's pronounced Og Mandino, and uh, we're going to get started with it uh, after we um, tell you a little bit about why we take the book club calls and load it on a podcast platform. First thing, uh, we are not a podcast. We are a book club call book club conference call but we know that to uh learn you must uh listen over and over and over you must take notes and you must apply those things so to have easy access to get to the the book club uh books and so you can listen to them over and over and over we load them on 16 different podcast platforms like breaker like itunes like apple like spotify Things of that sort. And uh, so that means you can go to them, click them, and uh, listen to them over and over and over and take notes. If you're trying to learn this stuff, on a serious note, folks, I mean, that's the truth. You have to do it again and again because every time you listen, you're going to pick up something else that you didn't um, pick up before. You know why? Because once you hear something, it kind of takes your mind at that time. It's like it just takes your mind, and you don't. The, everything else that comes after that, you might miss. You might miss, it, especially the information that comes right after that. It's like I always use the example, like the Coast Guard that captures a ship full of uh, cocaine, big time cocaine bust. All of them are on the boat. All of them are confiscating the the drugs and locking people up, and then. At that same time, there's another boat with cocaine just cruising right by them. (laughs) They don't see that one because their focus is on the one that they're on. Same thing with you guys. When you're reading and you hear something in the book and you see something and you write it down, you're like, wow, this is powerful. For some reason, that next verse, uh, that next chapter or something, we always miss that because we're so zoomed in on that particular one. Don't know why, but it just, you know, I guess because our focus is there and we're really excited about what we're learning and seeing, and then the next thing you know, some more good stuff comes right behind it, but we miss it. But then when we go back and reread or re-listen, it's like, huh, Somebody must have came and inserted that in the book because I could swear that was not there. It wasn't there. Somebody came back and inserted that in the book. They inserted it and then put them all back in the bookstore or all in Amazon, and they just, you know, 
they did all that work. Because I know it wasn't there when I first read it. That's what happens. Same thing when you're listening to things. You miss certain things. Our ears do not detect our thoughts. You know, our mind does not hear those things. So you must listen to it again and again and again. You know, you listen to songs sometimes, and then the third or fourth song, you're like, oh, that's what they're saying. Because for, for the last four times, you've been singing the wrong words. You know. <laughs> You've been singing the wrong words. And, you know, some of us are good at that. Some of the, us are good at that. That's why if anybody get in my car, understand I'm the lead singer. So if you're in my car, you can't be singing. You just have to listen to me. Um, I digress. But <laughs> we also have a replay number, 712-432-1085. 712-432-1085. This particular call will be up today, all day today, tonight, and it'll be up tomorrow, all day tomorrow, and all day Sunday night. And then Monday morning when we start our mindset call, this call will go away, and it will go into the uh, podcast world, the podcast platform world, the podcast platform world. That's where we will be. So. All right, folks, y'all ready to go? I know we got a guest on the day that's going to read, and she's going to tell you where she's going to be reading from. But before that, you got to give me one minute and 15 seconds, all right? So here we go. Warren Buffett once said, yes, the did. more you learn, the more you earn. Mm. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest yes. humans on the planet, is famous yes. for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Mm -hmm. Successful people never stop learning. Mm. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. blog talk book club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. bottom of page 60, 60, the last sentence right before the last paragraph Paragraph on page 60 at the bottom. Page 60 at the bottom. All right. Yeah. All right. You can take it from there, ma'am. All right. So good morning, everybody. I am going to be reading, as I said, at the bottom of page 60, not the starting at the last paragraph, but just before that, the last sentence 
right before the last paragraph at the bottom of page 60. And in this part of the book, Og Nandino and Simon, who I see is kind of like a God-like figure in this book, they spend a lot of time together, and Simon is the teacher. So by this time, Og Nandino has learned a lot from him. But as I read and we'll go through this section of the book today, we'll see that he still really hadn't gotten everything that Simon has been trying to teach him. And he's talking about self-esteem. Um, if you're on the mindset or the mental toughness call, Dr. Nicole talked about self-esteem yesterday, and she left off at page 59. And so he's talking about how important our self-esteem is to who we are and the things that we do and how when we have low self-esteem, it basically leads us to living death, which means you're just aimlessly wandering through life. You know, you don't have any goal, goals, and it leads to depression, basically, is what he's saying. And so Simon is talking about how our self-esteem started to deteriorate. He's talking about all the different scientists and theories about human life and how we were created. And so that's where I'm going to start reading um, at the bottom of page 60. And he's talking about this particular professor and his theory about how we were created and the rhythms of life and it has to do with our moods and our behavior and all that. And this is a professor that they both know, and his name is Mr. Dewey. He says that we all may be puppets on a string and that we must learn what controls that string out there and then cut it. Otherwise, we will never reach our full potential, nor will we ever regain our self-esteem. I like your professor, Professor, professor Mr. Odd. Now that you have been raised and educated with these possibilities, that you are only a grain of sand with little or no control over your fate, and then you are exposed each day to the events that drain all your individuality, and you are immersed constantly in the negative garbage that spews upon you from newspapers, radio, television, movies, and wait, 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 Sorry to interrupt. Wait a minute with it. That's okay. <laughs> but you said the bottom of page. You must have the you must have the new book or something. What what book do you have? Mm-mm. You I got the old new page book. 60. Yeah, and then now I'm at the part, uh, at the top of page sixty one, where he's talking about where we get. Hey, at the bottom of my page sixty says, "I like your professor, Mister Og." Now, if you I, have been raised, you said that. I, yes, sir. I did read that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> You said that? Yes, sir, I did. He's talking about okay, start over for me because I'm trying to make sure. Did you start? Did you start it? I like your professor. No, I started right before that. I started at what Mr. Dewey said about how we're puppets on the stream. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's right before what that. Dewey said. He he says that we may all be puppets. Correct. That. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's but it, it doesn't says. it doesn't say what Mr. Dewey said. You're just saying that. Mm-hmm. He said Mr. Dewey said we puppets on the string, and that we must all learn to control or what controls that string. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He cut it. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Cut it. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to find Mr. Dewey here. I don't see Mr. Dewey. 
He don't say his name, but he's already told us about me. See, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. You said that. Okay. That's okay. That's I got I it now. Because I'm looking for Mr. Dewey. I'm like, I don't see Mr. Dewey. So you saying you <laughs> you started that? He says that we all are puppies, right? Correct. I got you. All right, let's rock and roll. Now, see, some of you all probably gonna say, "I knew that," I, and then a lot of y'all don't have the book anyway, so don't don't even try it. Don't even try it. I'm just trying to make sure I'm following the pastor here from these different verses that she, you know, she's reading from. So, all right, let me let me do this, and then you can start. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. All right, so again, we're talking about Mr. Dude. I'm going to start over, and this is a professor, and he has a theory about what controls our behavior. He's talked about several different people and several scientists, but right now he's talking about Mr. Dude, and I'm going to start at he at the bottom of page six. All right. All right, he says that we all may be puppets on a string and that we must learn what controls that string out there, what, what controls that string out there, and then cut it. Otherwise, we will never reach our full potential, nor will we ever regain our self-esteem. I like your professor, Mr. Odd. Now, if you have been raised and educated with these possibilities, that you are only a grain of sand with little or no control over your fate, and then you are exposed each day to events that drain all your individualities, and you are immersed constantly in the negative garbage diffused upon you from newspapers, radio, television, movies, and the theaters, and combine all that with concerns for your personal security, your life savings, your family's well-being, your own future, and then add to the fear that the world is becoming a cesspool of pollution or may blow itself up some bright spring day. How can you really maintain any degree of self-esteem when you must spend most of your time and effort merely trying to survive. Why should you think very highly of yourself? How can you be happy? What is it? What is there to like in you? What's so great about life? Who calls this heaven on earth? I'm going to stop right there. That particular section is so important because I've heard you talk about for years since I've been on these calls about all the negative information that we hear and see on TVs, even in movies. I mean, I always thought a movie is just a movie. But really, everything that we hear on TV and on the radio has a purpose and has an agenda. And most of it is not positive. And I don't think you can realize that until you remove yourself from it. And then if you go back to it, you'll start to pick up on all the different negative messages that are out there. You know, I, one time you were talking about how in a movie or on TV, every time somebody have a bad moment, the first thing they want to do is pick up a drink. I see that now every time I watch TV. And I can just imagine as a child, you could be just watching TV with your children and you're not even thinking about the messages that they're receiving. You're telling them basically, if you're feeling bad, go, go get your drink. You'll be all right. So those types of things is what hey, hey, you're guess what? What? Guess what? When you're feeling good, what? go get you a drink. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever drink. you're feeling, go get you a drink or something to eat. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. Everything is food-driven, too. You know, go get this burger. You know, this going to make you feel good. You know, 
go to Starbucks or whatever. Everything is gearing us towards reaching outside of ourselves for comfort. And that's where our self-esteem starts to deteriorate. And it disconnects us from the source. And for me, the source is God. Because we're listening to what other people are saying we are. That's when he started talking about these scientists, how man was created and how we came to be. We're listening to everybody but who God told us to be or the source, whoever you may be, I believe it's God. But we're listening to everybody but him. And our self-esteem is tied up in the fact that we are God's creation and we are his greatest creation and we're made in his image. So anything that he is, we are. And that's enough to make sure that we have high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And if you don't drive this particular car, oh, you feel bad because uh, they play that car commercial all the time. And if you don't have these particular clothes on, you feel bad. Now, here here's the problem with that. Most people who are not reading books, most people who are not um, uh, stretching their mind and listening to thought-provoking information, most people uh, will say, that's not true, Tony. Nobody controls me like that. That is not the case. But it is the case because everybody in your neighborhood, all your friends watch the same TV shows, and they watch it and over and over and over and over and over and over and over. They see these particular commercials talking about these particular clothes, talking about these particular cars, talking about this this particular food. And when you when see when you feed your mind that more than other stuff. So you think that you think that's not bothering you? You think that that's not you know that's not that's not that's nothing you know what I'm saying you don't oh I don't care about clothes I don't care about this no 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 the experts understand that they know whatever you feed your mind the most is what you're going to think about and that's the challenge that we we don't realize we don't realize the title of what we're watching meaning that television programs they tell you we are programming you they tell you that's what it's about the programs the commercials all of that is agenda to program us and it's no way possible that we can hear those things on a regular basis and not feel bad about ourselves if we don't have them if we don't go get them if we don't do that and if you sit here and you'll sit here and debate with me and you'll say no tony that's not the case and it's and these people will not be spending millions of dollars if they didn't know that the agenda is to program us, to have us move a certain way, have us think a certain way, to have us feel a certain way about ourselves. And, you know, I tell you, um, I used to get super frustrated when people didn't get it. Now I just get a little bit frustrated. I don't get super because I don't go into them like, man, how do you not understand that what you feed your mind the most? is what you're going to become and what you're going to think about. How do you not understand that? I don't, I don't, you know, I, I was just sitting in the barbershop and guys would say, oh, none of that stuff bothers me. I'm my own man. I think my own way. And I think, <sighs> I'm saying to myself, I'm feeling, I'm just like, this is a bunch of idiots. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't, I just get upset. I'm like, all right, now, I just get a tad bit upset that you don't understand that, that you don't see right in front of our faces what we're doing here. 
and what's happening here. You know, that's when, it, you know, television came about. That's what the whole thing is, to program our mind and direct our thoughts. <sighs> also, <laughs> it's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment uh, as people. Instead of seeing it as entertainment, they see it as real life, and they try to emulate what they see on TV in real life. That's stop it, stop it, stop it. You can't tell me intelligent people do that. You can't tell me that. Are you telling yes, me do. your intelligent friends and all the people you know, your coworkers, that they're trying? You can't tell me that, that we do that, because they'll tell you that's not true. Yes, we do. No, yes, no, that's no, not. No, we, we're highly intelligent. We've been trained and, you know... No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, um, I'm calling BS on that. It's true. You know, I, I, it's been these housewives and all these different kinds of wives. I, I never understood the show because most of them not married. But I never watch these shows. But I don't have cable anymore. And that's Wait all. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't go there now. Don't be talking about these little housewives shows. Yes, I can. Yes. You know, don't opinion. you do that now. Don't start is, on the... Um, this is my opinion. Wait a minute. Don't start on the... Um, what's the other one? The... Uh, 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 no, them hip hop. Yeah, don't start on the hip hop uh, America shows and hip hop Atlanta, hip hop New York, and hip hop Canada, and hip hop Birmingham, and hip hop Huntsville. They got a hip hop Huntsville, don't they? No, it's called uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville. Okay, Love and Marriage Huntsville. Don't start on that now. Because yes. that stuff is don't don't you do that. Yes. Well, you see, I hear people hanging up now. They hanging up now, LaVonda. Well, you, you see can't people do that. acting gonna, that out. You're killing our ratings. Well, okay. You're killing our ratings on, on Spotify. I'm just telling you how I see it. I'm the guest speaker, and I'm speaking okay. my opinion. To me, I see... Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to start... Um, what's the word they use when they... Uh, censor. No, not censor. No, when they check out the... Uh, the people that's running for office, they call it um, vet. I'm going to have to start oh. vetting <laughs> my speakers. <laughs> okay. You run it off my crew over here. They, okay. they want, you can't talk about their television stuff. Okay. I'll leave it Okay, go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to pick back up in the middle of page 61 at the end of that conversation. I'm going to continue that conversation between Simon and Mr. Oz. Somehow, old friend, I suspect you're asking me rhetorical questions. Simon frowned and his shoulders slumped in a momentary weirdness from his long dis- discourse. Then a full smile transfigured his face. His eyes opened wide and he raised his voice. The paradoxical reply, Mr. Og, is that despite all the forces raised against us, we still want very much to be proud of our lives. We still desire with all our hearts to reach our full potential. And it is only because this small flame of hope still burns inside of all of us that we weep in shame at our failures, at our gradual descent into the common pit of mediocrity. We are like those figures in so many Renaissance paintings portraying souls condemned to hell and sliding down into the molten fire while their hands still reach out, still reach up. Still seek help, 
help that usually never comes. Is there any hope, Simon? Does it really do much good to light one tiny candle in all this darkness? There's always hope. When all hope is gone, the world will end. And do not think of only one candle when you seek to overcome the blackness of despair. If everyone lit a candle, we could turn the darkest night into the brightest day. So to me, he's just basically saying, you know, you don't see the small things that we do as individuals as small things. If you ignite that fire back of life in one person or become a rag picker, is what he calls himself in this book, somebody to help somebody else come back to life and regain their purpose. To me, that's what he's talking about, your purpose. Then you've done a lot. If everybody relit somebody else's candle, if everybody pick some person to encourage them and to improve human life, then we just all be a better person. We have a better world. That's what we're here to do. And that's what we're What is that, that phrase called? What phrase? <laughs> what you just talking what, about. What I'm talking about? Yeah, read um, what you just talked to, what he says you need to do. You relight the candle. Keep going, yeah. We are like those cities and so many, da, 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 da. let's see. There's always hope. When all hope is gone, the world will end. And do not think of one candle when you seek to overcome the blackness of despair. If everyone lit a candle, we could turn the darkest night into the brightest day. Our like mentor. Yeah, but there's a phrase. Anybody knows the uh, phrase that comes that, that, that would go right along with that one? Y'all text me, but you, you think about one, it. Each one. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. You don't get any money for that, though. But ding, ding, (laughs) ding, ding, ding. There you go. If each one teach one. Man, let's just start here with us. You know, we can't can't change the whole world. Let's just start here with us and think about that. You know, know, when we talk about stuff on here on the call, on the mindset call, and if everybody was to share that, with somebody else and talk about it and, uh, you know, apply it and, t- you know, uh, you remember I was saying that any, you get two little points or three little points on the call here or points, they had little, but three great points or two points, and y'all love to do this. Everybody wants to go live. Go live and say, go live and say, man, I was on the, on the uh, mental toughness call this morning and, man, this is what I heard. This is interesting, too. I don't know if you all believe it. I don't know if it's, you know, true in your mind. But let me share these two points that I heard this morning on the uh, mental toughness call. And one is they said blah, 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 blah. And two is they said blah, 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 blah. And I was, that was, man, it was powerful to me. And I'm going to let that sink in for a while. In the comment section, folks, why don't y'all tell me what you think about that? You know, is it something that you relate to or you don't think is true? Or just leave a comment there because for me, it was so enlightening this morning when I heard it. And I'm signing off, folks. That's my live for today. I'll be back on Wednesday with another few points that I heard. You know, I just heard these things today, and it was so, like, I, you know, I have never heard them before, or I didn't. You didn't pick it up, but today I did. And, you know, in my mind, it made sense. 
What about you guys that are scrolling down the page? Does that make sense to you or not? Don't you think we could do that? Can we do that, ma'am? Are you asking me? (laughs) Yes. Um, It's not that simple. So let's take a break for a minute. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Lucy, please explain. Please explain why it's not that simple. Because that means if you're saying that, that means there's some more people on the call that are saying that also. So let's let's talk about that for a minute before we move on in the book club. Because everybody says that Tony. People going live these days, and they going live, and everybody needs to go live, and they need to see you, and they need to and see. Ah, uh, okay. So, but it needs to start with you guys. Y'all just start going live and do it over and over and over. And now, now, tell me or tell us why it's not that simple. I will be going live after this, so I have been going live. But I know that. Me, I know you are. I'm not talking to you in particular. Uh, okay, Miss Levanda. Well, I'm, I'm talking just to the. All people on here, because remember, in order to to advance, we have to have a lot of people doing these things and certain things to grow, because it's going to help you grow when you do that. Right. So, so but me, tell us why it's not that simple. For me, I I have a challenge making a concise point. Like when I when I get ready to go live. I like to have things written down so I can have follow. Otherwise, I get off all on some other stuff. And what I'm saying to me doesn't sound like it makes sense. And I feel like it defeats the purpose. Now, I don't mind being embarrassed. You know, of course, I get embarrassed and all that stuff. It's not about that. But my point is to share some information, even if I'm just going out there and asking them what they think about something. I gotta be able to deliver what the question is or what the topic is in a way that people can pick up to even understand the question that I'm asking for them to comment on. And if I feel like I can't do that in a concise way, then it gets makes me frustrated. I don't feel like my speaking skills or my my train of thought flows in a way that people can understand what I'm saying. That's okay, my- so you're saying that uh, if you wrote them down on the notes, you know, one and two, and you wrote in detail what you wanted to talk about, you couldn't read it from the notes and say, this is, see, you, could, you couldn't say, look, folks, I wrote this down in detail. So please excuse me if you don't, you know, if you have a challenge for me reading from my notes, but I want to make sure that you all hear this correctly. So I'm going to read exactly from my notes. Point number one, we talked about each one teach one. And, you know, and the reason we said that, because in the book where Mr. Oz, or Mr. Simon was talking, he said these particular words, and he didn't, we put that together, each one teach one. What do you think about that? Does that, you know, kind of like used to be that way, because you know, we had a, we had a, you know, how we used to say that it takes a, a community or it takes a whatever to, to raise a child, so that means each one teach one. And the second thing that we talked about was, you know, I actually started off with that reading was low self-esteem. And I, and I, and then you read a little bit from the book and say, this is what was considered low self-esteem. That would be a little think, bit too much. That's, like, yeah, too I difficult. Think, but I don't think you hear yourself and how you're speaking. You, you, I could say apples and oranges to you, and you could give me a 30-minute speech on apples and oranges that put it together all just like that. 
everybody cannot articulate it in that way at at this point. I don't feel like I do a great job of that. I'm working okay. on it, and like you let, said, you, let me tell you why. Why? Because I don't do. You already know the answer why. Right. What? Because I don't do it enough. Right. <laughs> so in order to get, in order to get better at it, you have to do it. Now in that process. But, yeah, hold on. In that process, you might sound a little crazy. You might people might look at you all this, but that's the point of doing it. You have to do. So you can't do it when you're comfortable. You have to do it when you're uncomfortable. And then the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. But in the beginning, you will have to be laughed at, criticized, talked about, feel uncomfortable. That's how you start. So you can't start. Once you get it, because you're not going to get it unless you start doing it. Correct. I get that. I was just trying to explain. I was trying to explain myself. Okay. I understand what you're saying. It may not be a good reason, but that's my reason. I know. That's that's everybody's reason. But the thing is, you got to start somewhere, and you got to start, like they say at the bottom, and work your way up. You it's not like you can, okay, okay, so where are you going to practice that? Because even if you practice it, it ain't the same when that camera comes on. It sure is. Even when right, so the camera has to come on and you go, you practice as you go. And somebody might say something about it. Somebody might, and guess what? Here, okay, let me say this. If you're that uncomfortable, and I'm not talking to LaVonda, I'm talking to everybody on here listening. If you're that uncomfortable, once you put it up there, take it down. You can delete it, right? You can. Okay, so then you look at it, you say, oh, God, I sound like I've done I did, gee, Oh, Lord, have mercy. Then delete it. I'm <laughs> And then the next time you do it, and you listen to it, you say, oh, God, did I, look how I'm looking, look at my hair, look at my clothes, what do I got on, and then you delete it. <laughs> and then the third or fourth time you start listening to it, you're like, huh, that sounds pretty good right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you good, look, you good, okay, okay. And then the fourth time, your fifth time or sixth time you hear, you're like, uh-oh, they done messed up now, boy. I'm going to go live wherever I am. I, I'm going to be in the mall. I'm going to go live because I, I got this thing. But you got to be willing to be uncomfortable and sound foolish in the beginning because there's no way possible that you're going to get past that. You got that. That's a part of success is looking foolish in the beginning or in your mind looking foolish. Now, okay, back to our regular scheduled program. That was to y'all out there in uh, Bookland World. It wasn't actually just to LaVonda. It was to you all in Bookland World because I know that you all think the same way she was thinking. So, um, you know, somebody just texted me and said, it's a challenge for me to read my thoughts. It is much easier to just talk from the dome. Okay, talk from the dome. Is it harder for you to read your thoughts off the notes, LaVonda? I, I just can't keep it together, period. I think it's that camera knowing the lights on, lights, camera, action. I'm just <laughs> twisted and tied up, period. 
<laughs> well, we're talking life camera action. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Right. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the uh, to the book. Okay. So the last thing I want to read is at the bottom of page 61, continuing that conversation between Simon and Og Mandino. I tried playing the devil's advocate. But having the human race been scared and maimed beyond the point of repair, the world is moving too fast for the average person. He steps off the road entirely in life and forfeits his place to the swift, the unscrupulous, and the mean. For every so-called success story in this world, there are a thousand miserable failures, and that ratio doesn't seem to change for the better as the population increases. Mr. Og, I am surprised to hear you talk that way. You seem to be measuring success and failure like everyone else. You cannot mean what you are asking. You could not have written your book believing that success is measured solely by bank balances. I don't, Simon. Yet I can't tell you how many people I've been, I've been on where the, oh, I'm sorry, how many programs I've been on where this kind of question has been asked of me by some interviewer who has not read my book and therefore assumes that I've written another rah-rah book telling the reader how to be successful, which is always equated with how to get rich. Let's face it, rich and success are synonymous in this country. I know, it's sad but true. And when you try to explain why the television camera is staring at you, with this little red light shining that your book has little to do with financial gain and everything to do with peace of mind or happiness. You usually get a sarcastic chuckle and a series of questions fired at you that are damn tough to handle. For instance, Mr. Odd, okay, it's all very well for you to talk about happiness and peace of mind, they say, but how do you bring a smile to the face of a man who is out of work with 500 miles to feed and nothing in the refrigerator? How do you calm the mind and soul of a young ghetto mother who has been ground up by her environment while she struggles to support her three fatherless children? How do you convince a dying person that he can still enjoy what's remaining of his life? What do you tell a housewife who is certain that she is doomed to a life of dirty dishes and unmade beds? None of these problems you pose are easy, Mr. Og. And yet, let me remind you once again that each of these individuals and everyone else in the world still have their own pilot light burning inside them. It may be very diminished in some, but this I tell you, it never goes out. So long as there is a brief breath of life remaining, there is still hope. And that's what we rad pickers count on. Just give us a chance and we can provide the fuel that will be ignited by any pilot light, no matter how diminished it may be. A human being, my friends, is an amazing and complex and resilient organism capable of resuscitating itself from its own living death many times if it is given the opportunity and shown the way. So he's just saying there's always hope. No matter what our circumstances are, we all have challenges in life, but we can all overcome them. Mm. So what do you believe about what you just read? Because 
you know, this book was written in what year? Tell me. Don't flip back to the front. I want to say 1975 because I remember thinking it was around the time right before after I was born. 1973, you were close. Okay. So the same thing he's saying now, I mean, they're saying now is what he said then about people judge you by how much money you're making and they judge you about, you know, these certain things. And so don't you think that that also has an effect on your self-esteem? Absolutely. Right. And so if we're going to, if we're going to, admit that and know that and we're going to say now now what we're saying is this once I make a lot of money then I'll feel better about myself which is true that is true because once you make money you do that doesn't make problems go away it doesn't make all those things go away but here's the deal how do you get to that level it's like you have to start making yourself feel better about yourself before that happens. You can't feel bad about yourself, have low self-esteem, afraid to talk to people, don't want to talk up, don't want to say anything, don't want to go live, don't want to do whatever y'all say you should be doing at this particular time because you feel uncomfortable about you hadn't made the money. So it doesn't happen that way, folks. You know, I remember um, a long time ago, Lisa used to tell me, you know, Oh, Mr. Fleming, all that stuff you're doing and saying, once those folks start making money, then they'll do it. And I'm like, they're not going to make money until they do it. It just doesn't happen that way. You don't, unless somebody gifts you something or somebody puts you in a position, you have to develop yourself and go along. That's the fight. That's the struggle. That's the biggest challenge in us, you know, moving forward. Because when I keep saying that, it's not the script. It's not the how-to's. It's you doing it, and now you have to step out and do it when you feel uncomfortable when your self-esteem level is not at that level. That's why most people lose, and that's why you got to constantly keep building up the self-esteem than anything else because that's the only way you're going to move to the next level. When your self-esteem is low, and we already just said that, you know, all the stuff we watch on television, the commercials we see, which we say it doesn't affect us, it affects us tremendously. And then the things we hear about our finances and all that, it's no way possible that half of the world or most of the world can't help but have low self-esteem because most of the world don't have any money. Most of the world, you know, you know, they're sitting there watching those things. So, I mean, we're in a, we're in a world with, you know, 80% of people have low self-esteem. Now, now they're not going to admit it. But it's there, and it keeps us from making phone calls. It keeps us from, call, you know, from following up with people. It keeps us from and just learning how to say that does not build up our self-esteem. It just doesn't. And I don't know how people don't get that. I don't know how. I mean, why do I sound like the lone wolf out here? Well, all the books we read, all the stuff, it says that in there. You know that, you know, you, you feel this way. You know that this, this system is set up for you to feel, you know, less about yourself. Just come work for us and, you know, don't worry about anything else. Just, it's set up that way. That's why people can't leave certain jobs and go do what they're doing on the job already. If some people only work for these big corporations, 
and they running the show. They, you know, they, they are the ones who are producing everything, and they give them a salary, and that's cool, but they don't feel like they could leave there and go do it on their own because they don't feel worthy. They don't, they don't feel the, 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 they don't feel worthy because listen who they're listening to when they do they do the uh, what's the thing they do every year uh, the uh, um, you know when they call you in the office <laughs> I ain't Your done evaluation. that in twenty five years what, what is it <laughs> Your evaluation yeah evaluation every year well look look Lavonda we like. The things that you're doing, you come here on time sometimes, and then you, you know, you go in your little office and shut the door, and you know, you don't want to deal with nobody. We, we understand all that, but, but when we're looking at some of the things you turned in this year, and, you know, we we got to get a little better with that. You know, I, I mean, I like you as a person and all that, and, you know, and, and then some more things that you do, we got to get a little more better than that too. So, that. Three cent raise that you're supposed to get this year, we're going to kind of, we'll give you a penny. Okay? We'll give you a penny. And then next year, let's let's come together and let's talk about it again. And so, <laughs> so you walk out of there like, stop. <laughs> then you go home and you, let me watch something on television. And then it hits you again. That's the, the, that's the strategy. To keep people, what if you went home and shut all that off and just kept reading, folks? Kept, kept understanding the game that's being played out here. You know, kept, well, Tony, I read five books. Ain't nothing changed. You know I read them five books. You know I read them five books. See, this is the battle, and I think folks don't even, I don't know if we don't understand, don't want to talk about it, or whatever, but folks, don't let me be the lone wolf out here. Y'all got to be talking about it. Y'all got to be bringing it up. Y'all got to be talking to other people about it. Y'all got to say to yourself, come on. I can't even do my... <laughs> but but do you get my part? I do get your part. Okay. Read that again. You know the the last chapter. I mean the last paragraph. All right. None of those problems you pose are easy, Mr. Oz. And yet let me remind you once again that each of these individuals and everyone else in the world still have their own pilot light burning inside them. It may be very diminished in some, but this I tell you, it never, never goes out. So long as there's a breath of life remaining, there's still hope. And that's what we rag pickers count on. Just give us a chance and we can provide the fuel that would be ignited by any pilot light, no matter how diminished it may be. A human being, my friend, is an amazing and complex and resilient organism, capable of resuscitating itself for its own living death many times if it is given the opportunity and shown the way. You know, and let me say this too, and, and maybe I need to say this all the time, over and over and over, but, you know, I always say there are some exceptions to the rule. And a lot of companies, and a lot of companies that we're involved in, or, you know, a lot of projects that we do, a lot of people that are winning might be those exceptions. 
Because you got to understand, it's not a high number of people that are winning. It's like 2, 3, 4, 5% that are winning financially. Now, some people are winning because they're learning these things, they're getting better in life and all that. But that 5% could literally be exceptions to the rule because that 5% could be somebody who really doesn't need a lot. That 5% could be somebody. And so you can't compare yourself to those people because you're not that 5%. You know what I'm saying? It's some people out here just can tough it. It's some people out here who can just stop drinking alcohol without going to a 12-step program, without, you know, doing anything, without believing in God. They just tough it out. It's a, it's a percentage of people. Now, most people need to get into a 12-step program. Most people need to be around folks to learn it. But don't compare yourself to that stud that you see out here running because it's a lot of studs in this industry or in, in sales that might not read. They might not do those things that we talk about here. They might not, you know, with Tony trying to get us to do it. But you're not them. You're not them. You're like me. I wasn't, I had to do this stuff. I wasn't that stud that just took off, you know, and just, you know, did all this. When you see some people, it's, you, you can name some people in this industry and other companies that's just doing it, and they don't read. Those people have something in them that they were gifted with. You know, some people are gifted with stuff. Like I tell you, Deion Sanders was gifted with some things when he played football. It's a lot of people. LeBron is gifted with some stuff. Jordan was gifted with some stuff. But we out here comparing ourselves to those people and think we can do what they did. You can't because if you could, you'd be doing it. So I'm telling you the, the route I went that made me better and made me, I did those things. I started doing these things here to make me better and do all this. But we always look at the folks out front. And those, those people, you, you know, it ain't that many Jay-Zs. It ain't that many Beyonce's. It ain't that many. And that's what we look at and we say, okay, we can. Yeah, I understand you want to aspire to be that. But, you know, some of those people, you know, they just got a gift that came with it. Now, they worked hard to get it. But if you don't have that particular gift, then you're going to have to develop yourself. And that's what I'm saying, that most people that are starting with, most, you know, a gift that people that have is, you know, it's, it, they're exceptional. A smaller percentage of people have across the world and everything. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah, you know, those guys have gifts. that Now, they worked hard to, to magnify those gifts, yeah. But if you don't have the gift at all, because that's what we fight. We don't want to do this stuff. We don't want to, we want to see Tony got us reading all these books. And he got to read all of it. Now, you know, some, if some people out here that women can say that. They can say you don't have to read that. They can say you don't have to do that. They can say because they didn't have to. You ain't that person. You know, I can tell you you ain't that person. I'm not just talking about you, LaVonna. Because if, if you was that person, you would be doing it now. To that, ma'am, that you're thinking, because I know you might be thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, sir. If you're doing a rebuttal, let's hear it, because I, you know. No, sir. I agree with you. I mean, seriously. Anybody else with a rebuttal, please text me. Let me see what else. Okay, Jay-Z Gift was not realized until he started his own company. He was not doing it before. Okay. 
Okay, but his gift was there, and he was on the streets talking to everybody, like he said the other day, and nobody saw it. He saw it. Well, his, his cousin Tata saw it, you know, because Tata would take him, he said Tata would take him everywhere to compete. Tata would go through all the neighborhoods, through the projects, and find people. And when Jay come back in time, he said, Jay, let's go over here. Jay said, he wouldn't even ask who it was, let's just go. And Tata would take him in front of somebody, and they'll battle rap right there. So he believed in it, and Jay believed in his, in his sound when nobody else believed in it. But he had that gift, and people started realizing that. Which is, you know, most, a lot of folks don't have that. Now, we, the way that we can win is we double our work ethic. You know, we stay up late at night doing things that, because when you don't have that particular talent, you can outwork somebody, though. You can outwork somebody. You can, you can do more calls. You can read more books. You can, do, you can outwork somebody. But we're not doing that. We're looking at these exceptional people who are winning and might not be a reader. Now, I remember Mr. Teller Gow on, uh, on our team 10, 15 years ago. You know, he was a kind of a, he's just a leader. You know, he's in business for himself. He had done all this stuff. And I told him, I said, man, look, we know you can do this, but you're building a team. And you got a bunch of folks on your team that are not getting on this book club, that are not getting on this mindset because you're not talking about it you're not getting on it. I said, granted, okay, I know you don't need to get on it. I know you, you're a hustler. I know you're going to do what you need to do. But if you're building a team of people, 99% of people are not you. They can't do what you do. They don't believe like you believe. They're not a hustler like that. They're not. And if you're going to build a team, you can't expect them people to be like that. You've got to expect the people to be like most folks. Really? Again, for the rebuttals, y'all can text me because I like to hear what people are thinking because if everybody was that exception to the world and, and that special person and they could go do all these things without that, then, you know, shoot, <laughs> the world would be much better. But you got to understand, we are programmed through the system not to be that way. We are programmed through the system to be a worker. They're not in the second, third grade building up your self-esteem. They're tearing it down more. They're not in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade telling you to read these books. No. They're tearing it down more because if you got all of that, then who's going to work for us? You know, some of the sharpest people just, you know, who's going to work for us? Who's going to? And I know some of them. That ain't why they do that, Mr. Fleming. That. That's all I have, sir. That's it. That's all she wrote, the pen and the pencil book. The pen and the pencil book. 
There you go. There you go. There you go. Thank you, ma'am. You have brought out a lot of things in me this morning. You have pulled those things out of me. You're a special individual, ma'am. You know, you did that. You you brought those things out of me this morning. You should be proud of yourself for doing that. Thank you. I am. Okay. You did a great book club call. You had some great stuff to read. It was amazing. All that stuff was highlighted in my book, too. So, you know, great minds think alike. So, but... You did. You were you were great today on the book club call, and everybody needs to send Lavonda a text and tell how great she was, and that you know, and that you know you pulled some stuff out of me that that you know. Well, here's the case though. Here's the thing. It sounds you know what what I said today, and somebody heard it. They might say, "Yeah, Tony, you're so right." You're so right, man. That is so true what you're saying. Now, some people might be saying that's not true, but, but the ones who are saying it's so true, that is so true what you're saying, you know. Now, watch this. When you get off the phone and hang up, about 20 minutes from now, that so true stuff will be gone. Unless you apply it. Unless you call somebody right now when you get off, a friend or another friend, uh, and you say, look, this is what I just heard on the call. So then you repeat that. And then you might tell somebody else, that's how you learn it. You know, that's how you, you have to apply it and talk about it. Then you learn it. Because when we hang up, after about 20 minutes, you're going to be watching your cartoons or watching whatever you watch on television or arguing with your spouse or talking to your kids and all that. And now that's gone. And that thing that you really just got here is gone, folks. That's why you have to go listen to the replay. That's why you go take notes. And then you got to tell somebody about it. Well, I don't know how to say that. You know how to say something. Okay, go back and take notes. Then say it to somebody. And then say it to somebody else. And then say it to somebody else. And then you're going to be like, okay, now I got it. So then the next time you talk to people, you kind of can... You can kind of relay that information a little bit. You know what I'm saying? By doing that, you can you kind of can, you know. Doesn't that, that sound right? No wonder am I sounding, you know, because you told me before that you don't operate that way, you know, and somebody else texts me, so they got to come up. So if what I'm saying is not, like, comfortable to you, tell me what could you do then because I'm, I'm just trying to make sure we get this thing right because everybody don't feel the same way. You might be saying, I don't know if I can do that. I think that's the thing. We're looking to be comfortable and we can't be comfortable, but what we do have to do is make things our own. I need to make my lives or my conversation, my training and coaching to other people when I'm sharing information, my own. I don't need to do it the way you do it. I don't need to do it the way this horse do it. I need to figure out how to make it my own, but incorporate the skills that you all have. Right, you gotta, you always gotta do it. That's why we used to always say, before, before everybody got to changing stuff around, when we used to do PowerPoint presentations, we used to tell everybody, please, don't change the slides. Don't do that. Now, give it to us in your style. Give it to us in your words. You know, you still want, you want the PowerPoint to show so people can see that we are consistent in everything we do. But what you say on how to do a comp plan is not going to be what I say. 
you know, I start off my complaint with two points. I say that, you know, the first thing is we have to change the way we get paid, you know. And the second thing is we have to create leverage. And I talk about that a little bit. Somebody else who does their plan, they're not doing that. But guess what? That same screen is still up there. When people look, that same screen when you turn. But you're saying it in your way, and I'm saying it in my way. I don't have to turn around and copycat you. You don't have to copycat me. But you got to say how you feel about stuff and do it in your way. <laughs> right, right. Can the church right, say amen? Right, okay. Amen. Put an eight in the church. You, you made the point. We want to be comfortable when we do stuff, and you're not going to be comfortable in the beginning. In anything that you that you do. Remember when you first started dating, you weren't comfortable going somewhere with somebody, sitting down, talking, and then after a while, you know, you did it over and over and over, and then you got comfortable with that. You know what I'm saying? And other things that you did, I'm using the clean version, so I'm going to leave that alone. But I'm just saying, as you do more, you get better at it. In anything, driving, when you first start driving, you had both hands on the wheel, you telling everybody in the car to be quiet, don't say nothing, I'm a, they, you making me nervous because you talking, don't do, uh-uh. don't do that. And then you drive some more, 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 drive some more. Now you got one head on the wheel, you eating your McDonald's fries, you talking on the cell phone, and you changing gears. You know what? Does cars still come like that? I don't hear people getting stick shifts anymore. Do people still have? Have you seen those? I haven't seen any lately. Not in any. Right. Movie. It used to be. That was the thing. You could get the stick shift, boy. You could, boy. Well, you know how to do that. <laughs> I remember I had that, and I was trying to teach my sister in college how to drive my Fiat. Well, that was the funniest thing in the world. We were arguing out in the parking lot. <laughs> she said, I'm getting out. Well, get out then. <laughs> Because she said, this ain't just your car. I said, it is my car. I'm the one who went to the Coast Guard and got $5,000 to put down on it. Well, Daddy put down some more money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is my part of the car. Now, I'm a, I'll let you drive it if you want to, but you got to learn how to drive a stick shift. Well, you keep hollering at me, so, okay. <laughs> when she said, I'm getting out, I was supposed to say, oh, don't get out. I said, no, I'll get out. <laughs> Get on, get on out. <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> she got out, spawned back up to the dorm. <laughs> that means you're not driving this car. So, But as you do things more and more and more, you're going to get better. You know, you can't help but do it. If you, if you, get, you can't help but get better. Now, some people might take longer. But I'm going to tell you what most people do. They quit in the process. Because them getting better, they want to happen right away. And so, you know, some people just, it, it ain't there like that. <laughs> I wonder who said this. But women, I don't care how long they drive, they always ride the brakes. <laughs> wow. Who do you think said that? Preacher man. Preacher man, <laughs> he ain't always right. Y'all be wearing the brakes off. <laughs> and then somebody came behind and said, "All lies." Guess who said that? Uh, 
my sister, Miss Shinnevert. Who? Kimberly Shinnevert. <laughs> yes. How did you know that? How did you know Kimberly Shinnevert said that? How did you know Preacher Man said that? I listen. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Miss Shinnevert is the 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 female version of Preacher Man. <laughs> is that what it is? She says Scorpio oh. season, so okay. I know Preacher Man ain't no Scorpio. I I, I know he's not. So, but it's Scorpio season for her. So, all right. Thank you again, ma'am. All right, we got some mystery voices. Y'all ready? I can't tell you anything because. Somebody said that. I'm not going to say Miss Shinnever said I give too much information out and talk too long. And Chris said his birthday is November 1st. That's Scorpio? I mean, Preacher Man said that. Now, that's Scorpio? I think so. Wow. Shinnever are both Scorpio, so. There Scorpio. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I'm not saying anything because, you know, they said I get too much information and I talk too long on the mystery voice. Okay, here we go. All right. As you, my brother, asking me, um, man and man, we are kings. Like our ancestors, our forefathers helped build this country. Before that, we come from another great, you know, continent, Africa. And um, so I feel like a king. But if you were to ask me law-wise, systematically-wise. Preacher Man got that right fast. I know y'all over there like, who is that? Preacher Man was on that on Man, I'm going to let it play out, though. I'm going to let it play out, but Preacher Man on it. It's fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a different landscape with that kind of, um, with that kind of question. Like, um, what am I and who, what do I mean to this country? I would tell you everything. We represent pretty much everything that's incredible. From mm-hmm. from then to now, we played our part in it. Everything that's incredible. So I would I would say everything, but then when it comes to the laws and um, the system, I would say no. Preacher man got that on the first three words. But I'm gonna play it one more time for y'all. Give y'all a shot. You know, even though you can't win, but you know, as you, my brother, asking me. Um, man and man, we are kings. Like our ancestors, our forefathers helped build this country. Before that, we come from another great, you know, continent, Africa. And um, so I feel like a king. But if you were to ask me law-wise, systematically-wise, it's fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a different landscape with that kind of, um, with that kind of question. Like, um, what am I and who... What do I mean to this country? I would tell you everything. We represent pretty much everything that's incredible. From from then to now, we played our part in it. Everything that's incredible. So I would I would say everything, but then when it comes to the laws and um, the system, I would say no. Before I get his answer, I need to know, Kimona, are you on here? Because I'm getting a little disappointed in you. You know, every, Mark, I've been disappointed for a while, but Mark's coming on strong now. He's coming back in the game. Come on his own. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. 
Mark came up with the answer too, but you were like you're a minute late. Preacher man came out the gate with it. And some of y'all still ain't going to know who it is when I say it. But there's a group called the Locks. And there's a guy in the Locks called Styles P. If y'all know who Styles P is, then, you know, you, you hip-hop. If you don't know who Styles P is, uh, as Dr. Tolliver said, Styles P is Marcus Garvey. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. Styles P got that Marcus Garvey voice, though. That's, that's Marcus Garvey. Uh, uh, Roy says Charlemagne the God. Uh, Levanda says Stephen A. <laughs> weed. We talked about weed. And uh see who else was over here. Kimona said, I was just at his juice spot, too. How you going to be at the man's juice spot? That's him. He got one in uh, the hip. He and uh, Jada Kiss, they're, they're the same, right? Are they partners in the juice juice spot? Cause I remember we did we did some on that one day. I saw a video on that. They might have two separate ones though. Are they, they partners? Okay. So that's Styles P, folks, and I keep my money. <laughs> I keep my money because preacher man came through, bro. All right, all right, preacher man. Let's see if you can do it again. All right, see if you could do it again. Here I come, here I come. The guys flew us out to Vegas, and what they was doing was they was pulling guys in the room one by one, asking them, hey, you like this, you like this, you like this. And what it was was they, was, they created these brands for the athletes. And, you know, think about it. Athletes, they never had a brand. They made 50 to 60 T-shirts. They boxed them up. No marketing. No nothing. Here you go. Pass them out to your family. My situation was totally different. You know, I did a whole entire photo shoot. Uh, um, you go into all of the Nike, the, the big Nike stores, you see me <laughs> striking like the Heisman pose with my merch. Now you can go in there. You can buy. You go to the website. I'm on a loading screen. I remember getting calls from certain NFL players. Hey, how the f*** you get that? Hey, remember that time we were sitting in the same room and I tried to talk to you? You know, you blew me off. You get what I'm saying? So right. Nobody's, nobody's trying. Okay, preacher man, good shot. You said Brandon Marshall. No, it's not Brandon Marshall. I'm going to play it again. The guys flew us out to Vegas, and what they was doing was they was pulling guys in the room one by one, asking them, hey, you like this, you like this, you like this. And what it was was they, was, they created these brands for the athletes. And, you know, think about it. Athletes, they never had a brand. They made 50 to 60 T-shirts. They boxed them up. No marketing, no nothing. Here you go. Pass them out to your family. My situation was totally different, you know. I did a whole entire photo shoot. Uh, um, you go into all of the Nike, the, the big Nike stores, you see me <laughs> striking like the Heisman pose with my merch. Now you can go in there, you can buy, you go to the website, I'm on a loading screen. I remember getting calls from certain NFL players. Hey, how the f*** you get that? Hey, remember that time we were sitting in the same room and I tried to talk to you? You know, you blew me off. You get what I'm saying? So. 
I tried to tell y'all, y'all laughed at me when I told you what I was going to do and how to do it. We're in the steam room. You're like, man, please. Because I'm trying to tell you, you ain't hear me. Now you hear me. <laughs> when you see me on, on on all these boards and Nike and you see my merchandise, you say, now you hear me. Too late. Too late, baby. Bye-bye. Y'all don't know what that is? I guess not. So I don't pay out on that one either. All I can say is, uh, somebody said Cam Newton. Nope. Marshawn Lynch. Nope. He's a cowboy. Well, he was a cowboy. That's Dez Bryant. That's Dez Bryant. So, now... Preacher man, you were close because you said Brandon Marshall. That was Dez Bryant on the Brandon Marshall thing, I Am Athlete. When he was on, you know, they got the podcast called I Am Athlete, and uh, Dez Bryant was on there, and he was schooling them on some stuff, you know, about, bro, you know, I'm still making money, bro. I still got some stuff going on. You just, you know, I ain't playing ball no more, but I, you know, doing business. All right, so I owes no one. Preacher man won. I'll pay him. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that one. All right, here's another one. It's just little things that are going to be worked out. Like I said, anybody who wants to be great and expects that level of greatness like, is going to be you know, not happy with um, the result if it isn't what they were aiming to get. So it's just something we got to figure out. Like I said, I think when you take away egos and pride and all that other things and you realize that, like, I'm not so much here for, yes, of course, everybody wants to go for 300 yards and 10 touchdowns. You, why would you not? Uh, but Coach Stefanski said something that resonated with me each and every week, and it's, like, just about being 1-0. and um, And, yeah, we would like to put up 40 points, but we only put up 14. The, the defense held them to seven, and we win the game. So it's, like, you got to look at the, the – the positives on everything, and, you know, we're winning. Uh, I think it would be easier to create a little controversy if we were losing. So uh, we're just going to keep the train rolling, 3-1. Just keep it rolling. Wow. Give your politicians, y'all didn't know, some sticking with entertainers and athletes and things, and let's do it again. It's just little things that are going to be worked out. Like I said, anybody who wants to be great and expects that level of greatness like, is going to be you know, not happy with um, the result if it isn't what they were aiming to get. So it's just something we got to figure out. Like I said, I think when you take away egos and pride and all that other things, and you realize that like, I'm not so much here for, yes, of course, everybody wants to go for 300 yards and 10 touchdowns. You, why would you not? Uh, but... Coach Stefanski said something that resonated with me each and every week, and it's like just about being 1-0. Um, and, yeah, we would like to put up 40 points, but we only put up 14. The, the defense held them to seven, and we win the game. So it's like you got to look at the, the, the positives on everything, and, you know, we're winning. Uh, I think it would be easier to create a little controversy if we were losing. So uh, we're just going to keep the train rolling, 3-1. Just keep it rolling. So I got three people who said Justin Fields. <clears throat> Somebody else said Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> who was Andrew? 
Andrew something. Who is Andrew something? Andrew something. Andrew, Andrew. Andrew something. The guy who won in New York City. Andrew, who won in New York City? New York City hadn't won in a long time. Come on, keep trying there. Give me another give me another hint for for Andrew. Because you might just be saying the name wrong, I guess. Or you just making stuff up. What are you doing, Googling? Oh. Oh, the vegan mayor. No, it's not the vegan mayor. That's that's preacher man guy. Preacher man. <laughs> preacher man love the new mayor there. Dak Prescott. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. I'm going to play 10 more seconds. I'm going to cut it off. So It's just little things that are going to be worked out. Like I said, anybody who wants to be great and expects that level of greatness like is going to be you know, not happy with um, the result if it isn't what they were aiming to get. So. You know what, man? I tell you, every time I see an interview from this guy, he seems so low-key, so, you know, you know, that's so genuine there in this conversation, right? But on the field, he bug wild. And he I guess he turns that on, that's who he becomes on the field. But off the field, when he does the interviews like that, I mean, he, he, you can't help but like the dude. But he's in the news last two days. He's been released from the Cleveland Browns. His name is Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ. He became famous that one catch he had on the Cowboys when he stuck out there and put the hand out. But he became famous when when two hundred thousand dollar watches on his wrist while he playing football. <laughs> he caught he had on both arms. He had a two he had a two hundred thousand dollar watch on one arm, two hundred thousand watch on the field while they hitting him with helmets and stuff. <laughs> OBJ. You know, he changed his hair. He did that. But the brother, every time you hear him, he's just like, he's so genuine to me. But he's a different person on that field. He turn it up. He, he get lit up or something. I don't know. Mm, that's a bust down. Okay. All right. All right, I got one more. This should be an easy one. All right, come on. I'm counting on you. You got to come through now. I'm counting on you. Here we go. You, you just... You're just a little, you know, I don't know. You got a little rusty or something, but I, I still I still believe in you. Here we go. No, 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 no. I can't do that one. No, I can't do that one. Can't do that one. I can do this one. Here we go. I was kind of like, okay, go like seriously. What do you like? What's the plan here? Because you're not your parents. You're not your. You know who you. You know what that is. And the more I started talking to my mom and dad, the more I got the real story on them. So the short version is, they um, met nine months later. Had me, kind of on some like, yay, I love you, type vibes. Had two other sisters. Broke up. Um, got back together twenty years later. Got married. Um, ten years after that. So they met. Had me. Um, three years old. They broke up. Twenty three. They got back together. 33, they got married. So to me, it's just like a beautiful love story of like, you know, if you're with someone, um, if you're with someone and you love them, it's going to be what it's going to be. But then I realized I was living out a lot of their stuff in repeat. 
And I was like, first, that's not me. But second, it's still a beautiful love story. And it's something that I think everyone relates to. So I wanted to celebrate it. And I was literally born in 1980, which is the beginning, the middle, the start of Lover's Rock. You know what I mean? The era, the soul, the music, the vibe. And, and my dad was played on like Louisa Marks. If you know, if you, you have your Googles, go Google Louisa Mark, Janet Kay, Marcia Griffiths. They were the queens of Lover's Rock. <laughs> there you go, Kimono. You came through. <laughs> I knew See, see, long as I keep believing in you, I knew you was going to come through. And LaVonda going to say Sade because she heard Lover's Rock. Like, like you know, because... Because Sade has that song called, no, it's not Sade, and you know that does not sound like Sade. <laughs> Lovers Rock, yeah, that's Sade. Mm-mm. Let's see who else, you know. Kim came with a lot of stuff. Mel B, who is Mel B? Naomi Campbell. Iman. Mm-mm. Uh, Preacher Man said Tracy Chapman. Mm-mm. Angie Martinez, man, okay. Oh, Mel B's the Spice Girl, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could have been. It could have been. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Ella. Is it is it Ella? Cause Ella kind of sound like that too. Is Ella? You know, is that how they pronounce? That's how she pronounced her name, Ella May. Cause Ella May kind of sounds really like that, but it's not Ella May. But Kimona came through, so somebody gets a Subway sandwich. See, see now, Kimona, now you're back on track. It's like you've been missing a lot of three-pointers, and now you just hit one. So now you get your rhythm back next week, and you're back, you're back on track. See, when you, when you miss a lot of shots, you've got to keep shooting. You've got to keep shooting. You know? And you got it. And I'm going to end this... <laughs> Oh, boy, I swear. Somebody tried to, uh, okay, we're going to talk about that because I don't remember that. You know, we, we'll, we're we going to talk about that, man. I don't remember that. But the $10 for the Subway meal, she in New York City, so she can't get a whole meal with that. That's right. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. you got to keep shooting, folks. Even Even when you say Marcus Garvey. <laughs> Dr. Tolliver when it's Styles P. <laughs> Styles P has that Marcus Garvey type delivery though. <laughs> he has the Marcus Garvey type delivery. Did I tell y'all when I was in Jamaica I went by his spot and went by, you know, he got a whole little neighborhood. Um Marcus Garvey got a whole little neighborhood in that area. Everybody, you know, come through, they got all kind of stuff up on him and you know, he's the man. His family's still there. Um they say they tripping though, but it's not getting to that. But the answer is Estelle. And we're going to end it with one of my favorite songs. You see this peacoat? <laughs> you see this peacoat? <laughs> we out of here, folks. <laughs> Just the number 
one champion sound. Yeah, Estelle, we about to get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touched down in London town. Bet they give me a pound. Tell them put the money in my hand right now. Got a promoter, we need more seats. We just sold out all the floor seats. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd love to see LA. I really want to come pick you up. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'm I like what's underneath it And no, I ain't been to M.I.A. I heard the Cali never raised the New York all the way Present me the West End, I'll show you to my bedroom I'm liking this American boy, American boy Look at this peacoat, tell me he's broke Woo! And I know you ain't into all that I heard your lyrics, I feel your spirit But I still talk that cat ass Cause a lot of wags wanna hear it And I'm feeling like Mike at his baddest Like the picture they gladdest And I know they love it So they hell with all that rubbish Look at that peacoat. You tell me he broke. 